Well, good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. He is risen. Apparently, um, the warm side is on this side. Because ain't nobody sitting over here for some reason. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, welcome to our sunrise service this morning. It's good to be with you all here in the Lord's house on the Lord's day to worship him, to receive his gift of his holy word today as he tells us and as he speaks to us of his great love for us and how the tomb is empty, it will forever be empty, and because his tomb is empty, so shall ours be empty upon the last day as well. You'll notice in your bulletin, uh, on the inside cover is where we will begin, and so let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day, this Easter day, and we thank you, Lord, that you rose again, that you did just what you said that you were going to do. Lord, you have fulfilled every single promise that you have made, and Lord, we are waiting in hopeful and faithful expectations upon when the final promise that you have made will be fulfilled, upon which you will return, upon which you will, re- re- upon which you will return to us and to this earth to bring us with you into the eternal paradise of heaven. And so, Lord, now as we worship you, we pray that you would give us a zeal this morning for your house of worship here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We begin with the call to worship. Please stand. This is the day that the Lord has made. Alleluia. Christ is risen. Alleluia. Please be seated. We sing our opening hymn, 467, Awake My Heart with Gladness, as verses 1 through 4.
begin this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Let us then confess our sins unto God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then, in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. I love the Lord because he has heard. Because he inclined his ear to me. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, who as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. To God on high.
Let us pray. Almighty God, through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. We humbly pray that we may live before you in righteousness and purity forever. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Seated. Our Old Testament lesson for this morning is taken from Isaiah, chapter 25, verses 6 through 9. On this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all people, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. We continue with the gradual. Christ entered once for all into the holy places by means of his own blood. Therefore, he is the mediator of the new covenant. He sent redemption to his people. The epistle lesson is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Apostle Paul writes this. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel which I preached to you, which you received and which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all of the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain, on the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. Here ends the epistle lesson for this morning. Please stand.
The Holy Gospel for this morning comes to us from St. Mark, chapter 16. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the gospel of our Lord. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith, and we do so using the Apostles' Creed as it is found printed on the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated.
Will you all pray with me, please? Dear Jesus, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this Easter morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So the question I want to begin with this morning for you and for me, what are you looking for? What is it that you are here looking for this morning? Why have you come here today? Why this place on this day? What is it that you're looking for? You must be seeking something in particular on this day because, well, usually we don't have church at 6.30 on Sunday morning. I suppose that some of you are here because it is the traditional thing expected to do. Perhaps my parents always made sure that we were in church on Easter and I am carrying on that tradition. Perhaps your family has a rule or a mandate. If you don't go to church, you don't get supper. Some of you are here because you are always here every Sunday. So today is no different except for the breakfast that's coming up in a few moments. But why are you really here? What are you really looking for? You are looking for the end of the journey. You are looking for home. Maybe you are here because you are home for the holiday and your family always goes to church together on Easter. Maybe you are here because you are unable to be home and church on Easter Sunday reminds you of your home and your family. Maybe church and the people here are your home and family. There is something about this day, Easter Sunday, and this place that reminds us of home. And rightly so. The unfortunate truth remains that we spend most of our days looking for home somewhere else. I'm not talking about our church attendance, even though that is certainly related. I am referring to our focus upon the things of this world. We look around us, we look to these things of the world as if they are what truly matter. We look to this world as if it is truly our home. And while that may seem like a small matter on the surface, in reality, it means that we are like the women in our Easter text for today from the Gospel of St. Mark. The first place we go to seek Jesus is a tomb. We look for him among the dead. We focus upon the tangibles and the disposables, the perishable and the mortal. We seek Jesus among the dead. We treat the pit of the tomb as if it were home. Why would the women go to the graveyard to see Jesus? Oh, I know, we always talk about how they are doing their duty by going out to anoint his body, to to properly prepare his body for burial. We speak of their bravery while the rest of the crew hid behind locked doors in fear and terror. We talk of their devotion to the Son of God. But this truth remains the same. They believed Jesus to be dead. They went to the tomb to see Jesus because the tomb is the home 
for dead people. Why did they see Jesus among the dead? Because death is the land of exile for you and me. Sin has made it so. Death is the reality that we all face. Yes, it is true that that we fight it, that we deny it, and we do all that we can to put it off, but the reality of our sin is death. Death is our land of exile. The grave is our wilderness home. You can eat healthy. You can work out. You can see the best doctors. You can eliminate stress and be in touch with your inner self, yet you will still die. Such is the devastation wrought by sin in our world and in our beings. In the Garden of Eden, man willingly brought sin into the world. But who knew that sin would bring its partner, death? And not the sanitized death of our American culture. Rather, death that is brutal, agonizing, weeping and gnashing of teeth kind of death that is the result of being separated from God. Death that is everlasting condemnation. Death that is suffering beyond comparison. Death that is of the great enemy that no man can overcome. Our sin has sent us to this land of exile, this land of death. We are in exile that is a death both physical and spiritual. We are in exile with no ability to escape and no hope of return. Small wonder then it is that we live as if the tomb is our home. For this reason, God sent his Son into into this world. Jesus came to rescue us from our land of wandering, from our deadly exile, from the reality of death itself. This is the exile from which Christ has freed us and brought us out. Jesus came to accomplish what we had no hope of accomplishing on our own. By the cross, he has redeemed, restored, and renewed. Jesus overcame the twin forces of sin and death. He hung on the cross to bear our sin, suffering, bleeding holy blood, and dying as the all-availing sacrifice. He conquered Satan as he provided the sacrifice required and cleansed us from all guilt and shame. For this, God sent his Son, For this, Jesus faced death in our place and finished the work God promised he would do. And for this, he was laid in a tomb as a lifeless corpse, but a lifeless corpse with a promise. The women who went to the tomb that first Easter morning were not focused on the promise. They were focused on the corpse. They went to see Jesus among the dead. They were living as if the grave was their home, the end of their journey. But the angel told them, do not be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Why do you see Jesus in a tomb? He is not here He is risen. The tomb was empty. It was not Christ's home. Only for three short days did the grave hold him. The grave, the pit, was not and would not be his dwelling place. The land of exile was sin and death. Satan's wilderness could not contain him. 
He is not there. He is risen. Do you realize what this means? If the tomb is not Christ's home, then the tomb is not our home either. Christ has been victorious over sin, death, and the devil, and he has shared his victory with us. Christ paid the price and overcame the ancient foe, and we are rescued from the wilderness. We are restored to our God. We are returned from the land of our exile. And so welcome home. The tomb is empty. It is no longer our focus because it is no longer our home. We no longer live our lives fatalistically. We no longer wander through this world with the attitude that we just plug along until we die. We no longer live as those exiled in a land of suffering and death. The tomb is empty. I'll say it again. The tomb is empty. We do not seek for Jesus among the dead, nor do we live our lives as those who have no hope. Because the tomb is empty. He is risen, and so also we shall rise. This world is confusing. This world is uncomfortable and difficult. This world is heavy and overwhelming. This world still seeks our attention and our citizenship. But this world is not our home. Christ is risen. The tomb is empty, and we live our lives as the children of God walking through this strange land. We are the living children of God on a journey through this world. We focus not to the right or to the left. We are not distracted by the glamour, by the glitter, nor are we overcome by the pain and the darkness. We walk with eyes focused, not on the tomb, but on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who has returned us to a right relationship with our Father in heaven. We walk with eyes focused, not on the land of death, but on the open gates of everlasting life. Welcome home. These are such beautiful words that I am privileged to speak to you this day. Welcome home. The tomb of Christ is empty. He is not there. He is risen, and we too shall rise. Welcome home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time, we continue with our tithes and offerings.
In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to remember. First, for those on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Ella Clybaker, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Ernest Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Orrin Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Dan and Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Jeannie Stoltz, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Lauren Barnes, Alan Mullen, Bob Dodson, uh, and also for uh, the family of Phil and Debbie Tro- Tro- Trokey uh, upon the passing of her mother. And we also are thankful uh, for birthdays and anniversaries for Travis and Carrie. Hessman, who will celebrate 26 years of marriage on April the 3rd. Also for those celebrating birthdays, for Ethel Helmkamp, who will celebrate 88 years of life on April 4th. For Barbara Steinberg, who will celebrate 81 years of life on April the 4th. For Florine Towers, who will celebrate 86 years of life on April the 4th. For Marjorie Harris, celebrating 83 years of life on April the 7th. And for Flora Oberon, who will celebrate 95 years of life on April the 7th. We go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, on this Easter morning, we thank you that you have welcomed us home. We thank you, Lord, that you have destroyed the power of death, that you have destroyed the power of sin. Lord, we thank you that you have reversed the fall. That you have brought us again into a right relationship with our Heavenly Father. Lord, we ask that you would help us each and every day to live as people of Easter. To live as resurrection people. To live, Lord, as people whose hope is not placed in this world, but is placed, Lord, in the world that is to come. We thank you, Lord, for the death of your Son, Jesus Christ, and for his rising again three days later, just as he said that he would. We thank you, Lord, that you have kept all of your promises to us. And we know, Lord, in faith that you will continue to do so each and every day of our lives until the end of time and into all eternity. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, on this day we remember and we think of all of those, Lord, who do not yet know you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, those whose faith in you is shaky. Lord, those who, whose faith in you perhaps was at one point, but throughout the years, Lord, it has faded. We pray for them, Lord, and we name them before you in our hearts now. Lord, we pray that you would send to these people an extra measure of your Holy Spirit, Lord. That you would enable us to be witnesses of our faith to them. And Lord, that they might be, and on the last day, that they might be counted among the faithful, Lord. Those who will be with you 
into the eternal paradise of heaven. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, we also pray for the nation and the world in in which we live. As you know, there is much war, there is much dissension. Lord, we pray that where there is war, that you would bring peace. Where there is hunger, that you would feed. Lord, where there is unrest, that you would put your healing hand upon it. Lord, in your mercy. Dear Lord, we also pray for all those who are suffering, whether it be physically, spiritually, or emotionally. We pray, Lord, especially for all those who are on our health list. And Lord, for all, and Lord we pray a special prayer, Lord, for, uh, for Debbie and her family upon the passing of her mother. And we ask, Lord, that you would be with them, especially during this time. And we thank you, Lord, that she is now in heaven with you, awaiting the final resurrection. Lord, that she is counted among your saints. And Lord, we ask that you would wrap your loving arms around her family and that you would give them the peace that surpasses all their minds can do. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we also pray a special prayer for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. Lord, for Travis and Carrie as they celebrate 26 years of marriage, we pray, Lord, that you would Help them to continue to remain faithful to one another and remain faithful to you and, Lord, to the vows for which they made to one another. Thank you, Lord, for them and for their family. Lord, we also pray for those who are celebrating birthdays, for Ethel and Barbara, for Marjorie, Flor, Flor, for Marjorie and Flor, Florine and Flora. Lord, we give you thanks for sustaining them in life up until this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon them each and every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Please be seated as we sing our final hymn, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, verses 1 through 4.
Thank you all for being here this, this morning before the crack of dawn uh, to worship him and to give thanks that indeed his tomb is empty and so ours will be as well. Why don't we take a moment to pray for our breakfast uh, before we go on over. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you again for this morning and we pray, Lord, that, that upon this meal that which we are about to eat, that you would bless it, Lord. And Lord, we thank you that and we thank you for the hands that made it, and we pray, Lord, that you would watch over us throughout the rest of this day and throughout the rest of this week, and certainly, Lord, throughout the rest of our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Happy Easter, and I look forward to seeing everybody in just, uh, in just a few moments for pancakes. Um.